I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Oh, welcome, welcome to, to Barf Barf. Barf. This yeah. is episode whatever. <laughs> this is episode number 957. Actually, this might be... Don't nope. say it because we don't actually know. Never mind, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we were going to do a shorty today, but it seems impossible because Annie has an incredibly uh, big story to tell. We have a lot tell. of stuff to recap. Yeah, yeah. we do. We yeah, do. so lucky you. You'll probably still get a, a, might full, get something a, juicy. a full hour of barfing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so last we spoke, Annie was preparing for Angela's Crest 100 out on the West Coast um, and had some um, expectations of surprising herself. Yes. And had said, if I finished successfully, that I would donate an ear. Well, <laughs> dear listeners, I regret to inform you that still I still have both ears. of my ears. Sad. So sad. Oh my god, I re-listened to that just because I missed the sound of your voice <laughs> while I was doing Sugarloaf. And I, like, crumbled my whole body, like, collapsed forward, and then my <laughs> knees touched the ground, and I just couldn't stop laughing. I mean, we did legit... Those are the best episodes for me, is when we legitimately make ourselves just, like, howl. Yeah, and, that's one of like, my favorite laugh things. And, like, laugh until we cry. Uh-huh. Usually alcohol, alcohol does help a little bit oh, with yeah. that, for me anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Angela's Crest. I am, this is crazy. And you just got back from vacation too, and you go mm-hmm. into this weird time time warp. Like, you yeah. got back from vacation last night. Yes, Doesn't I that did. feel like a week ago? Yes. Uh, and yes, it I, does. we got back from Angela's Crest on Wednesday. Oh my God. And slept until 2.30 p.m. on Wednesday I know, I was after taking a red that. eye. But then we managed to get to sleep at 9. At I don't night. know how you did that. I know. You must have felt we so wonky. We managed to short circuit the jet lag and just okay. like... Just you know, power through the just sleeping. Just do a weird day. So just get back in the cocoons, plug yeah. your heads into the But matrix. it feels like it's been a month ago. I think it's because I've done like a month's worth of processing. Yeah. I'm like, what happened? Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from doing like a step by step Angela's Crest, like a mm-hmm. uh, I won't mm-hmm. say a logistics review, but like But like an aid station like, by aid I started station. this and then this happened, then this happened. Um and not to say that I'm not gonna give it the the attention the that it warrants. <laughs> yes, the full zestiness. But so went out to LA and had everything in order to do the race. Had a great Airbnb in Wrightwood. It was really cool. The San Gabes are a very pretty, if not really unique mountain range. So hmm. like they are kind of like San Diego. So like mm. kind of like dusty, rocky and dusty. Shitty. Although with ants. Yeah, although it crispy. is crispy. <laughs> it's so funny how we have different images of that, but that makes sense. Um but like kind of like crumbly with mm-hmm. some greenery and like you know dry white crumbly rocks. Yes. Although intermixed with red rocks. It was interesting though, compared to San Diego, like it reminded me of how damaged San Diego oh, 100 from is from the wildfires. Yes. So, and were there wildfires where you were running? Uh, no, there was not. But there was air quality issues and like they've had there forest alerts? fires that were close um, in previous years and oh. just stuff like that. And the whole area, like if you look at an air quality map, and some people mentioned that as an issue after the race, like the air quality really got to me. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah. Oh, that quality. was a factor. That's a was thing there that a I UV don't think factor of. as well? I don't know. I just got back from Charleston, South Carolina and out of a possible 12 on the scale they were at 11 every day <laughs> so really good conditions for running there too uh-huh yeah yeah so probably uv air quality uh-huh direct sun was, was a lot of it exposed not as exposed as san diego but san diego was like walking on the surface of the sun and what what kind of uh like foliage did you have around so we were in the like high 
The high, high mountains. Woods. The high, the high woods. The high, high woods. woods. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a tattoo of that right here uh-huh. on my left side. High woods. The high woods. The high woods. So big trees. Okay. High up in the hills. Okay. Are they pine? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. High. Pine. High pine. Yes. Up in them high pine up hills. Up in them high pine. Uh, but there were parts that were definitely more, like deserty and okay. not as as green and lush. Did you see wildlife? Lizards, a couple okay. lizards. Okay. That was it. Um, but yeah, so the uh, like setup before it was great. It was like a really chill time. Andy made me breakfast the morning of the race, which wow. you know I'm really usually nice. the breakfast maker. Yeah. So that was like I, I felt like I was living in the lap of luxury. Right. Like Andy and I both Just set up twelve for the race. egg yolks apiece. Uh huh. Andy and I both set up for the race really well. Got there in Good. perfect time. Like uh, felt pretty cool at the start. How were your jitters? Not bad. Okay. I think it was, I mean, it was super chill. Like, I had a dust pee urge that I reserved. Yeah. Uh, a birth barf definition for you here. A dust pee is when <laughs> you have just gone to the bathroom, but then as soon as you go to, like, start a race, your body's like, no, 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 no. I gotta go to the bathroom, pee, I gotta pee, go pee, to the pee, bathroom. Pee, pee, pee. And whether you give into it or not doesn't really matter because you don't actually have Mm-mm. any pee. You just pee out dust. Yes. Hence the term dust pee. <laughs> uh... We, and I know I said it wasn't going to do step-by-step, step, but just to give, like, context. So we started out, it's a road section, but it's uphill. And mm, we were... Favorite. We were literally DFL. Not, like, DFL-ish. DFL, like, oh, out of good. town. And it was kind of... I was like, this is my jam, baby. And I was yeah. like, Andy, you know, you don't have to stay with me. Like, I, it's totally fine. Like, I understand. This, yeah. this is what I am comfortable with. Yeah. This is what I have... This, this is, is what I've wisdom. trained for. This is the wisdom. Yes. This is, yeah, this is what I should be doing. And it's a three and a half mile climb out of town to start. Ugh. And no. I don't even know what the first climb tops out at. It's not crazy. The high point of the course is 9,500 feet. So it Still doesn't, high? Yes, it is. And, and elevation it, is a factor. Yes, for sure. And if, a lot as of factors. A, as a flatlander, I mean, honestly, like, and this is showing my cards a little bit, but I start to feel elevation or altitude five. at like four, five. Oh, okay. Yeah, I we mean, talked about that a little bit. Because, like, last some time. of the high points at uh, Frozen Head. Are like thirty five hundred mm. and like yeah it, and Pitchell I felt elevation at Pitchell yes. was like maybe five or yeah, six maybe and I felt like someone was sitting in my chest yes so it you know it's all it's all individual but we started going up that first climb and I was like hey Andy mm. I was like I don't feel bad I was like but I do feel weird. And I shouldn't oh, feel no. weird. And, like, it was just, you know, where you're kind of, like, you're bearing witness to your head bobbing mm-hmm. around like a balloon on top yeah. of your body. And you're like, what is that? What <laughs> is that balloon up there? That's my head. Like, <laughs> this is what you get for talking to me in an accent before yeah, we sorry. start this. That's sorry. okay. Um, I'm easily impressionable. <laughs> so we did that first climb. I was like, oh, I feel weird. Like, okay. But then we started to run downhill a bit. And then we got to an aid station that was uh, the aid station before the longest un-aid station oh, stretch, uh, which is 11 and a half miles. It also has... How do you even take enough water for exposed heat in 11 miles? How do you do that? I, you be faster. Oh, God. <laughs> so that is not a good answer 11 for me. A, 11 and a half mile section with the highest point on the course. So Mount Baden-Powell, it was about 9,500 feet. And there's another part. It had the most climb in that section, but that's a little bit of a bias because it was also the longest section. So we get to the last aid station before that section, and 
As I talked about, I like being a, essentially a walking bag of rattling ice when there's any kind of heat. <laughs> yeah. And when I say any kind of heat, I mean, you know, above 57 degrees. Yeah. Oh, literally. And so I had asked for my bladder to be filled up with ice and I was going to like load up my ice buff and do the whole like ice and undercarriage, like anywhere where <laughs> it would go. And there were like the guy, the volunteer gave me my bladder back and I was like, oh no, I need ice. Like I need this yeah. filled up with ice first. Wrong. And he goes, Incorrect way of filling uh-huh. my bag. And he goes, oh, we're out of ice. And I was like, no, you're not. I was just kind of like, no. Uh... Why? Because it's only for elites? Stock better. This isn't yeah. that big of a race. Yeah. And there was... Sorry. We were not last at that aid station either. I think there was there ha- there was at least 10 people behind us. And I'm just thinking, like, elites don't need ice. We need ice. <laughs> I need ice. Like, they're going to go through this next section in an hour. I'm going to yeah. be out there for six hours yeah. trying yeah. to get through elites this Elites don't section. need ice. We need like, ice. <laughs> so we leave that aid station and I'm... I'm uh, I'll, I'll just lay this out so I don't have to keep saying it, but Andy and I stayed together the whole time that I was running, essentially. So Andy and I were going up this big climb up Baden-Powell together, and it was like another three miles to get to the highest point. And Oof. I was like, I'm really trying to shake it off, but fuck that fucking station. We're not having fucking ice. And I was like, okay, now I'm just going to let it go. And like eight, just kept eight minutes, who got your anger? Eight minutes later, I'd be like, no, no fucking no, ice. Not done. No fucking ice. Not I was done like, being mad. I go, I am trying to let this go because like I can't do anything about it, but this is like a such a key part of my strategy. Yeah, I never see you toil over I, something I know. ever. And also I also talk about like things that I learned. I was like, you know, I like after after the race was done, I was like, I need to be mentally prepared for that because even if a race was perfectly executed and they were like, we have more ice coming, it'll be here in eight minutes, you know, and I didn't have time to wait, like, I need to be able to say, like, hey, I need to use ice if I have it, and if they don't have it, it's not going to break my brain. Okay. That's a lot of preparation for worst case scenario. I don't know that I have the capacity for all of that okayness. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, BFC doesn't have ice. I don't want to think about that right yeah. now. But shouldn't they you? Might, they might have Sometimes they have ice at the prison. There's no ice. They had ice at the prison last year. We're just saying there's no there ice. Is no there ice is no ice. There is no ice. BFC. Uh, so did the next section and, like, had a psychological low equivalent to, like, a full hundred at, like, mile 11 of Oops. the whole race. Yeah. And, I mean, I was, like... Quoting mantras to myself. You were like chasing the Mario star. Yeah, only a Mario star would imply a second win. There was no there was chase. No. no, there was no Mario star coming. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm like going up this climb, like I can do this. I can oh, do this. Oh no, I was that like, makes me so sad. I was like, this is supposed to be the hardest part of the course, so it's okay that it's hard. This is the hardest part of the course, it's okay that it's hard. Like oh, it's okay. Oh no. And at one point, as I started to go up altitude, I mean, so the air in your in your guts expands as you go up in higher altitude get farty and I just I had like a super like painful painful gut enough that it was like pushing on my stomach so I felt nauseous because my guts were so gassy so Andy has a picture of me laying on the ground because I was like I'm gonna lay down I'm gonna squish farts out so there's like all these PCT hikers going by and I'm just like man (laughs) like I'm eating pizza dough like hello (laughs) (laughs) I was like you know what I'm just gonna be me this is what I need this is what I need to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Work out the farts. And I, I also, along with the other things I was telling myself was, I just need to get up 
so that I can come down. For anybody who's read uh, Dean Karnazes. Ultraman, like the first time he ran Western States, he got really sick on mm-hmm. um, some of the higher climbs, and there were, the volunteers were like, the only way to make you feel better is you got to get down. Like, you got to run yourself down. Like, as soon as you get down to lower elevation, you will feel better. Okay. So, finally... Even, even if you're going to have to go back up again, inevitably? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, shut up. Um, but that's the thing, too. With AC, there's a ton of climbing, but the highest... You finish the highest point early on in the race. Yes, and then you essentially, you still have lots of climbs at the so rest of like, the race, but it goes up, and then it's like, it keeps yeah. eventually, like the average of the climbs, it eventually is working its way downhill. So, after I got up to 95, I was never going to have to get up okay. even close Good. to that later. Good, So, start to come back down, was like, okay, I feel a little bit better, I feel a little bit better. We get to the last uh, couple miles of this 11 and a half mile stretch, and Andy goes, we need to run. No! And I was like, we do? Huh. And he goes, yeah, we need to run. And so at first huh. I was kind of like, okay, and start. we're like, and we had already been jogging <laughs> and started to like run, and we were like passing people that we had kind of been leapfrogging around like at the mm-hmm. beginning of the descent, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like, man, nobody else is like moving freaking with urgency. out. Like, I, you know, this Did you think it was math wrong? No. Um, but so we're going along, people are still being kind of chill and I'm like, I don't know, I don't understand, but I also, so we're moving, we're moving. And then we get to, I don't know, maybe 400 meters out from the aid station and there was a volunteer standing up at the top of like the hill or what, you know, from where we were coming down and he goes, you have 12 minutes to get to the aid station that you can see down there. Oh, And so we had been running, so we told, Andy totally made the right call to be like, we need to start moving now. So we we start like running, running because. Did you have a time? Like, yes, we had a little laminated sheet. Yes. And so got to the aid station. (laughs) I was like already kind of like making up my head. Like if they don't have any ice, I'm throwing tables. Like I'm totally (laughs) being this like diva, like diva runner. Apparently this is my hot button thing. So now I know this. Which is funny because I'm always the diva who's like, you don't have pizza? Eh. Eh. No, but apparently it's ice. If I, and I, I swear it's, I'm sure it's going to escalate where I'm like, you only have chipped ice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, get to the aid station this was where I had a drop bag to refill all my food and so they got me my bag like super fast refilled my bladder super fast they're still pretty pro level folks every other aid station except for the crucial one to me did not have like and that's where your brain broke yeah Yeah. so um and I wouldn't even say my brain broke it was more just like oh this is a thing that frustrates me Mm -hmm. and then later feeling the impact of that so they get me in and out of the aid station super quick. Andy's a short ways behind me. He gets in and out really quick. And then there was a road section after that. And so we're on the road and like we're shuffling along. And I was like, I have to, I have to calm down because mm-hmm. we like hauled ass. And like, so your heart rate is up anyway from anxiety. Yes. And from just, I think it was an 11 minute mile. Oh, for that last, which, in the heat in yeah. the middle of the day. Oh, that's really hard, man. I'm having a hard time doing that yeah. on a regular morning. Like it was probably like noon. One That's o'clock? So, like, so your heart rate is like 180. Yeah. And I mean, to do an 11 minute mile, like, Anytime during a hundo, like that's not the that's it's that's not, not super goal. fast, but that's not that's not, that's not the, the goal, goal of your yeah. day at any point of your day. Yeah. So we're on the road, and I was like, I have to walk some. Are you I looking have to at your calm heart rate down? Did you no. notice? I your think heart at rate? this point I had turned it off because I was like, I I don't have any other option. You know what right. I mean? I so couldn't regulating, slow down. regulating wasn't like part of the plan. No, because at that point I didn't have survival. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think 
I think three people, three or four people got through the aid station behind us and then that aid station was cut off. Like Whoa. we could see people like the getting cleaners. Stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> Sweep them up. <laughs> and we're walking on the road and then it was like, oh man, as we started to look at the sheet again, it was like we can't we can't like calm down and dick around. Like we need to keep We just moving. need to red line for the next couple miles just yeah. to so we got to the, the next okay aid, yeah we got to the next aid aid station that went really I'll say went really well I think we got there maybe eleven minutes before the cutoff but when you cut oh. like maybe fifteen so it was more than the previous aid station and what mile are we at. That's a good question. I'm not sure. Okay. That's that so, was, un- that so was unusual a, for you to yeah, not know. That was another thing that it was just like, it doesn't, like, doesn't matter. none of this matters. I have to go forward and I have to make it to the yes. station yeah, before you're racing, the tape gets cut. Yeah, because when you're racing cutoffs, it's like, you don't get to think about, I should take it easy now so that I can There's push no pacing. later. There's I no should pacing slow down. Like, heart know, rate regulation. It's just, go, 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 go. Like, you're racing. Yeah. Like, that's the difference between racing and running. And then, uh... The last aid station that I went to, we had a 4.8 mile stretch between the second to last aid station I went to and then the aid station where I didn't, I'll say, I'll say I dropped. And we, Andy and I were together for about three and a half miles and he was like, you know, we can make this next cutoff, but like we have to go. Like, because Mm -hmm. I was so... I'm skipping a big chunk in the middle, but essentially the gist is I got so hot that food was not digesting and I had no energy because I wasn't absorbing calories at all. Mm -hmm. I was like on a slight downhill road section stopping to put my hands on my knees because I like couldn't hold myself up. I was just that tired. Like nothing. And I was taking little sips of water, still taking in little bits of food because it was like as soon as I can start digesting stuff, like I want to be ready to go. you're high, you're nauseous, you're physically tired. Yeah. No, yeah, and I'm just, and Andy was like, I just kept waiting for it to turn around for you. Yeah. He's like, because that that's you what always turn happens. it around. Yeah. It always turns around, and it just never did. Mm. And we were about a mile, I think like 1.4 miles out from the last aid station that I made it to at mile 37, and Andy was like, uh, we can make this cutoff, but we have to go. Can you do it? And I was like, Yes! Yeah. I, like, steeled my yeah, resolve. Yeah. I was like, yes, yeah. I can, I can. And so we start, like, running, like, at a, like, a normal clip. Mm-hmm. I'll say, like, a 14-minute mile. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're running along, and I think I made it, like, I don't know, 400 meters, mm-hmm. maybe half mm-hmm. a mile. I would be surprised if it was half a mile. It couldn't have been a half a mile, maybe a quarter mile. Yeah. And I said, I just don't have any energy. Aww. And I just had to, like, stop. And Aww. Andy said this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done, but you can do it. And then he left and like jetted to make the cutoff. Uh, uh, I know. Uh, and, uh, it was, it was pretty perfect because within our group, we all have him. a lot. Yeah. I was so impressed and proud of the way that he did it. Like he didn't coddle me. No, he didn't have to be like, are you going to be okay? Am I like, going to be okay? Yeah, he Should just, I leave you? Yep, is he just, gonna be, am I going to be okay without you? Yep. He just pulled the trigger and went. Good for it was him. great. It was really good. good for him. And it's hard, you know, for anybody, anybody out there that's, 
considering running an ultra with somebody else the whole time. It's tough. It's really hard to do. It's I it's I feel like it's hard to do that and come out the other side unscathed one way or another. Feeling like one person missed out or yeah. one person feels guilty. Yes. Or, you know, could the other person have done better? Could I have done better? Would yeah. the other person have done worse? Did I earn this all by myself? Did it give me anxiety just yeah. by trying to be with someone? Yeah. It's it's not an easy thing to no, do. No, it's not. And I think it worked for Andy and I to be together as much as we had. And honestly, I can't remember if I said this in the last podcast or not. I didn't expect us to be together hardly at all. Like, I expected us to, like, maybe do the first mile together and then separate. Right. And we stayed together for, you know, 35 miles. And I think it only worked because it was a little bit more happenstance that we were together. Mm -hmm. um, Rather than us being like, we will stay together no matter what. It's surprising because Andy tends to, even in his successes, tends to be erratic. Mm -hmm. And that works for him. Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes he's like, I feel like sprinting. Mm -hmm. So he sprints. And he's like, sometimes he's like, I feel like death walking for 20 miles. And then he still finishes. Or then maybe maybe he satisfied that need because it was like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. And then it was like, run for the cutoff! Sometimes he does that and it works for him, man. Yeah. So, we split off. And I'm approaching the aid station. I'm still like checking my watch. And I'm like, I can, I can make it. I can make, I can make it. I can make <laughs> it. I know. <laughs> and just being like, okay, like I can make it. And I get to the aid station. The aid station, you like crossed a road and then went up a slight I, uphill. Like, and I mean a slight uphill, like uh, the front stairs to your house. And the aid station was there. And I crossed the road, and it was, it was kind of like overshadowed by trees. And I put my hands down on a rock because I was like. I need to just wait until I don't have a time option to go on. Mm-hmm. And, like, walked up, and there was, like, an, in, I'll say, like, an intake volunteer, and she was like, the aid station's 100 meters, like, come on, you you got this. And he, she said, 165 says he loves you. Oh, which was, God. So Andy had, had told her that, and I was like, oh. And my knees buckled, I know. and I sobbed in and a I pile. Could, and I could, I could still hear Andy, because he just made the cutoff by mm. five minutes, and mm-hmm. I could, he said that you went through the aid station and then waited a second, um, and... I got up to the aid station and they were like, yeah, you can still keep going because they were, the cutoffs are quite firm, but it was like, I think I pulled in there like 30 seconds before the cutoff. Like I could have still gone through. So that's why I say like I didn't time out. You, you were thir- that's, yes. that's like a I'm Gary a, Robbins difference. Yes, I'm being I'm being like a total hard ass on myself about this, but thirty so seconds I was is like, getting timed yeah. out. And I was like, Don't be I, am, I was like, I am not going. I'm not going to keep going. And as soon as I I like knew that I I was like off the hook, and I I, was, I could say something a different way to express that, but in my head it was like, okay, good. I decided I'm not going on, and now I'm not. I puked my guts out, uh-huh. and I was like. That's what I needed to do yeah. hours ago, and yeah. I had even tried to make myself throw up earlier and couldn't couldn't get myself yeah. to throw up. But I just puked and puked and like you know it it essentially all looked the same as what I put in. So yeah. like you and know, your body wasn't breaking it up no, or using at it at all at all. So uh, that's where my race ended at thirty seven miles. That felt like a hundred. No, 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 and like it's uh, and I started to talk about this earlier. There's so many. I feel like there are so many sayings or feelings attributed to like DNFs, mm-hmm. like you know, thank good, you know, you made the right decision for your and body, not your and body. Not hurting your body. Yeah, and you don't I, usually believe in those. No, things, and I though. don't. I don't relate to that at all because it was more like I. So you've learned nothing. <laughs> no, I totally did. I learned lots of stuff. So one, I contribute 
not finishing Angela's Crest to not being as prepared as I should have been. And mm-hmm. I mean that in a couple different ways. Like, potentially physically, but, like, mentally, I was not... You were not steeled again. Like, you you were like, we'll see how this goes. Yes. You weren't like, also, I will fucking yeah. own this and race. And I, I thought, like, in my head, I thought, I'm going to finish this race. It's just going to be a matter of if I do surprisingly well or if I end up having to race a cutoff. So this was, like, an unexpected outcome, which I said I wanted to surprise myself, good you or bad. And I sure that. as shit did. You did say that. I also know that I have to go into essentially every... Uh, ultra that I'm, I'll say racing or planning on finishing like with truly like a pin- life with and fire death in my belly. Mm-hmm. Like I have to have a fire in my belly for these things, and I can't take for granted that I can go to a race. And I won't even say but just can show you up. See that sometimes even the deepest fire in your belly would not have saved you against the the yes, but that's lack a, of energy. But and- that's talking about like race day. So for example, like I need to have fire in my belly the whole time leading up to it. So like. I should have looked at the cutoffs and known, like, hey, there are going to be times that I have to haul ass, like, mm-hmm. maybe when I don't want to haul ass, because, uh, or to be prepared training-wise that I need to be able to haul ass when I need to haul ass, or, like, uh, knowing, I don't know. There's, I just This is I- still not teaching you the lesson that I was hoping it would no. teach you? No. It just means more, more hard. Because you can really go in thinking... I will, like, I gave everything to train for this, and I would rather die than not finish yes. this. And you can still not have the yeah. energy and ability in your physical body to do what you need to do. Yeah. So let me add some more color thing. So another piece is that Angela's Crest had, you know, I'm just going to hold my hands up ways apart, had this much more heat. So it's like, I've run a race that was really hot before San mm-hmm. Diego. Mm-hmm. I've run a race that was at really high altitude, never summer 100K. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done a race that had a shit ton of climbing before, mm-hmm. like show, you know, Pitchell, mm-hmm. uh, BFC, like any of those things. Mm-hmm. But Angela's Crest was all like... All those things. All of those compounded. things combined along with, to me, relatively skinny cutoffs. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and the cutoffs were not like some of the other races we've talked about where the cutoffs, it's like, who made these? Like, this yeah, isn't 33 even... seems fast for yes. this race. And so the cutoffs, um, the cutoffs were completely appropriate in order to get you to the to the finish line in 33 hours. So it was not like... They weren't front-loaded. No. But still, I still think that's a short cutoff for a hard yeah. race. Yeah. But I mean, I that's think... maybe what they want it to yeah, be. Yeah, I think that's part of the intent, too. And I think in the... Let's see, I think it started in, like, 88 or something. Like oh, it's wow. A, I think it's, a it's thir- really It's, old. like, a 30-year-old thir- race. Wow. I think they've kept the time the same the whole time. Wow. So, you know, it's, like, the tradition. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Hey, I'll respect but, it. I just will never do it. <laughs> no, you're going to go back and do it when I go do it no. again. No. Um, <laughs> no. But, I'll never do a hot, exposed Western race. Yeah. But unless I, it's Western States. And that's another part, is not recognizing that AC is a tough ass race like yeah i know it seems silly to talk no, about it was very visible but that hard yeah but i think we've done a lot of tough things and i thought it was kind of like this is still in like my wheelhouse no. no when i when i looked at this with the elevation and the heat and the exposure and where it is and how hot it was going to be i just thought that sounds 40 percent harder than anything i've ever done <laughs> like i legitimately thought i would never ever pick that because i don't think i could finish it yeah so it was very clear to me that it was much harder than anything I've done. Yeah. Not so, to you. Uh, there was other things. You've that also I'm, done harder things than me. There was, there was other things that I learned from this. Oh, 
and to your point about sometimes even if you have everything right, you're still going to go in and it's just not going to come yes. together. Yes. Another part of why I don't feel like, one, I don't really have any bad feelings about it, mm-hmm. nor do I feel like, oh, I chose to not hurt my body, mm-hmm. is because I felt like I did as well as I could and then literally ran into a wall. Not like the wall as in bonking, but literally was like, that's the end of my capabilities yes. today. And then yes. it was kind of like, you know, when I chose to not continue, and I'll say chose not to continue, I was like, I can maybe make it two more aid stations, but I have three and a half more hours till dark, and I don't think I have enough energy to, to make cutoffs until yeah. then. Yeah. And that's even like if I feel better once it gets dark. And it was yeah. kind of like, do I do this now or two aid stations from now? And I was like, I can't. I just, I had lost hope, yeah. you know? And yeah. so it really was just like, again, Ugh. just smacking into that oh. wall and being like, well, this apparently is where it's at. Like, this is giving me PTSD. <laughs> like, legitimately, it's taking me to a dark, dark place. <laughs> Come with me. No, because I definitely remember it getting dark just after you left me at San Diego. And, and I was about to miss cutoffs anyway, I think. No. Maybe not. There were still people running. And I sat on a rock. There was like a big valley to the right, and it was like a wooded area. I remember it was like a wooded mm-hmm. area through like a single track. Mm-hmm. And then I sat down on rocks. I pooped a bunch because when your body mm-hmm. knows that it's done, it just gets yeah. rid of everything. Yeah. And then I sat on a rock in the dark with my headlamp off. And when people would pass, I'd be like, hey. And they're like, ah! <laughs> and I was just like, oh, great. It's dark. And I've pooped my guts out and barfed my guts out, and nothing will help me. And I have nothing to give, and I'm 2.2 miles away from the aid station, and I was just like, I'll die here. That's okay. I had a good life. You remember Lauren. <laughs> you remember Lauren. She died on top of that mountain. What a grand and adventurous woman she was. <laughs> so yes, that's where it's taking my brain right now. Yeah. Um, to despair land. To mm-hmm. the wall. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I thought that DNFing would like... Break your brain. my whole sense of identity or, you know, whatever. And Has it brought you empathy? No. Uh, no, still the same sharp-ass, hard-ass bitch you yeah, ever were? Probably. God damn it. <laughs> In Jason Koop's ultra-running training book, he is like, you know, if... If you get too hot on race day, it's because you didn't train properly. If you uh, get no, nauseous no on race day, book. Yeah, essentially, like, you didn't prepare right. And part of me, again, it's not even, like, a blame thing. It's, like, I wasn't prepared for Maybe what I AC ended up. Maybe I need to start thinking up, like that. What it, I wasn't prepared for what end, AC ended up being. And I hmm. think because, you know, Andy uh, really wanted to do this race, and I'm not pointing fingers at all, and I went along like, yeah, this is a race I'm going to do too. Like, this will be fun. And I think because I didn't, like, tackle it with the same fervor that I do with every race, which is, like, like you saying, like, you... you uh, what do you mean you didn't know th- what mile you were at? Because I don't know what mile the aid stations were at. Mm-hmm. That's not... That, to me, is, like, an indication oh, of, like, of not having n- fire yeah, in my okay, belly. got it. Like, obsessing and, like, obsessing pouring over logistics. and doing the things that I need to do. So, yeah, 37 miles of AC. Good job. Oh, I know what else I was going to say. Uh, just to add more color to, like, how I was feeling prior to dropping, I had... Uh, Got, started to get the chills. One of the aid stations mm. I sat down, <laughs> my legs completely cramped up. Oh, uh, I had tried all doing the like salt pills. All like, the signs. Yeah, and Andy made me feel better. He was like, "I saw you be 
in a really bad place for more than 20 miles. Wow. <laughs> so it's, You're really dra- dragging dead bodies yeah. behind you. Yeah. And still going. Yeah, it's still going. 37 is my lucky number, so it's definitely significant. Yeah. Good job. And it's a, it's a good, like, it's not the worst feeling to have going into BFC, so the Barkley Fall Classic 50K on September 15th in, like, four weeks. Ah. Because I want to, like, hold on to that, like, not that do grit. or die, but, like. That grit. You know? Mm-hmm. You, you went into a race, and, like, you weren't as hard as you usually are. Mm-hmm. Like, go hard. Go yeah. in hard. And yeah. just that, like. I don't want to DNF again. But there's, like, a residual passion about BFC because there's, like, a love for the actual land. There's a love for the lore. There's a love for the race director. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if Laz is going to be there because he's still doing trans Laz. No? I don't think so. Oh, how sad is that? Yeah. Will Durbin light the cigarette? Oh, I don't know. Oh. That, things I care about. But, Uh, yeah, so that, I mean. At least you'll have that extra. Yeah. And I didn't get to do it last year. Yeah, I know. Remember, so this is like. Yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, so this is my redemption song. I'm so, so, so freaked out about BFC. Some days I wake up feeling like it's going to be perfect, and some days I'm like, it could swallow me whole. Yeah, I think that's how it's supposed to feel. Yeah. Are Are we done? Yeah, I think we're done. I don't. I don't want to miss a single minute. No, because I know that I have a tendency to ADD co-opt conversations by being like. Anyway. And now. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that's it. Um, Andy went on further to have his own race. He unfortunately also did not finish, but we both came away with having not finished the race. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say having learned something or having found ourselves to be better people, but I think we're still, again, still we just processing. got back Wednesday. I think we're still processing. Yeah. Um. Oh, I will share, just because I'm not an entirely, like, optimistic, and I think it's important to share, like, raw feelings as other people may experience the same thing. I definitely had a a moment afterwards of talking at Andy (laughs) and having that feeling of, I work so fucking hard Mm. to be mediocre. Mm. You know, and it's because we spend so much time, like, training for ultras and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I I love training and Mm -hmm. the whole process and stuff. Mm -hmm. Racing is definitely the icing on the cake. And it was, like, I trained so hard and spend so much time doing this. And I didn't even finish the thing that I wanted to finish. This speaks to me right now. I I have been asking myself questions about this like crazy. Because, you know, it comes in waves where we feel like we're the best we can be for what we are. And then I get these feelings... Where I, like, I'll see, you know, an Instagram of, like, what somebody's training looks like when they're a professional runner. I wish they wouldn't do that. I know I shouldn't be on Instagram. And then I think, well, what if I just had my coach train me as though I was an elite athlete and I just put in the extra time Mm -hmm. because I would be a slower pace than them, but did those 70, 80, 90, 100 mile weeks and do all the, I mean, what else am I going to do? I have no hobbies other than this. I just work and do this. What if I trained like that, and then I realized, like, my body would start to disintegrate, my brain would start, like, I've done those, I've done that before, and I was, like, a zombie. Yeah. I was a zombie. So, there is something special, very special, about elite athletes, Mm -hmm. and there is something that sets them apart from us, and there, I will say it, that, like, like a singer, 
they are born with something that yeah. we do not have. That does not make us, like, we're still athletes. Mm-hmm. We still love our craft and work on our craft the same way they do. But there are just some things that I will never achieve. And I have to start taking that with some grace so that I don't constantly feel like I'm never catching the star. Like, so much about what I feel about my athletic life is similar to how I feel about, like, body image and things like that, where I'm just like, you can't be mad at it forever, or you waste your life never being, like, satisfied with what you have. And I know that the problem with athleticism is that you should never be satisfied. Sure. Because you always want to be faster, harder, stronger, better, leaner. But there's got to be a point where you just are like, this is what I can do. I'm doing it to the best of my ability, and that is awesome. I don't know how to get there yet, but I'm much closer than I was four years ago. Yeah. I mean, I was a little bit of a blind bat four years ago. I was just like, yay, running, this is crazy. (laughs) But, uh, and I do feel like myself sometimes getting slower, but uh, it's my passion, and so I have to just continue to whittle away at it, and I, I just can't, I can't get mad at it anymore. And it's funny because I think people listening will be like, holy shit, like, you two have finished hundreds before. How How is this a struggle that you're talking about the the tears that you won't get to? Mm-hmm. And I think that's because everybody has those kind of yes. feelings. Like, everyone, everyone in the entire pyramid uh, of athleticism is critical of themselves. And I would say in the same way. Yeah. Uh, I know. I'm sure there are elites that are... are Feeling the exact same they are. things. They are. I mean, I got to hang out with Lauren Fleshman, who was the fastest middle distance runner in America. Maybe the world, I don't remember. And, and she feels the same things we feel. The same exact things. So there's criticism of your sport at, at any at any level of the pyramid. Whether you're like a complete brand new, amateur, semi-pro, pro. We all feel those things, but you really, I think the way that you balance it is by like when you do achieve, like in your level, when you do achieve, you really have to be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I did the work. I did exactly my, I executed my plan. I used the tools that I have in the, in like the manner in which I can. And I, and I succeeded and you have to like actually stop and be like, good job, Lauren. Mm -hmm. Good job, Annie. Mm -hmm. You fucking did the plan. Like I know remembering we are. 100 mile finishers rather than I am a DNFer or <laughs> yeah like yeah or I am not a person that runs 7 minute miles in training yeah. like those are yeah. just not us but that doesn't take away the validity of what we are yeah so roll around in your achievements continue to strive to be better but you know but ring out the juiciness of when you do succeed i guess mm-hmm. that's my wisdom for yeah. right now and i part of this ties into my most recent long uh training run last friday night i went out with um my friend shelly and my friend rob to do a run a six hour night run at my favorite well (laughs) my favorite and least favorite place in the world your favorite place to hate great seal and i looked and i saw that in six hours i had done 21 miles and then i had considered that the first race i ever did there i did 31 miles in seven and a half hours I mean, obviously, I was not in race mode. Mm-hmm. I was in, like, you know, chug-along mode. Mm-hmm. But there is some part of me that, like, when I look at the math of that, that it's like, well, oh, am I always going to get slower? No. 
And the answer is, I'm tr- I'm training for a specific thing. Mm-hmm. And that is the way in which I train. Just like when I first saw you at Great Seal and you were walking the hills. You were training for a specific thing and you had to train the way you would race. And the way I would race BFC is to be walking these hills, very slowly chugging along and keeping my heart rate down for the sake of being out there for a long time. Yeah. Uh, our conversation earlier about if I were to just train like an elite, what kind of results would that equate having a lot of conversations with my coach and with Andy and just thinking through this myself is thinking about the trade-off for longevity and consistent Mm. long-term results. Mm -hmm. I think we could have trained the same way that we did our first year ever of ultra running and we could continue to get some good results, but we would be faced with more injuries Mm -hmm. um, because we're both starting to come out of this phase of us essentially trading injuries like somebody Mm -hmm. was always toting an injury Mm -hmm. and one of the positives I came away from for AC is like okay don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. like I had environmental impacts that Mm -hmm. caused me to DNF or I shouldn't say caused me because it takes away ownership but there were environmental things that impacted me not being able to run as well as I know I'm capable of Mm -hmm. but I had to remind myself my body didn't hurt I didn't have any like hip pain, my and you calves walked away without tight. a limp. Yeah, I I back to running already this week and start getting back into hard training next week. So to be like, okay, regardless yeah. of my results, the way I came into the race, having done more yoga and like taking care of my mm. body, that's in a good spot. Yeah. So like, I don't need to fuck with that formula, but yeah, um, that whole concept of training like harder, harder, more, more, more. Yeah. It's like, sure, you might be successful, but you're definitely running more risk oh, yeah. of not being able to do, like I have BFC on September 15th and I have Big's Backyard mm. in October. Yeah. And it's like, that's one of the things I'm trying to be mindful of. And uh, again, a silver lining is like, okay, I would rather be not quite as ready as I should be for AC and know that I can get through these next two races, which I would consider my A races solidly Mm -hmm. and not be, you know, crippled for the next thing. And those athletes are also training for a peak, not just within their season, but within their lifetime. Yeah. Like those athletes are training for a peak that they know that they'll never return to in order to achieve the best thing they can achieve. And then know that the rest of that is like a denouement. Yeah. Uh, and that is something that I'm sure takes a toll on on their emotional life because a lot of people, you know, they a lot of athletes get to the peak of their ability and then the rest of it is downhill forever. Mm-hmm. And they're still great athletes, but those people are training to peak not just this season but for their yeah. life. So um, also, I have decided to add one more race to my year. <laughs> I'm going to add something Did to that. Did you add a race too? Well... I almost feel like we should have conferred about this beforehand, but we're going to work through this live time, guys. Oh, no. You I, do yours first. I picked my 100. Yeah? Uh, after flip-flopping for the last four months solid about thinking about if I wanted to do 100s ever again, um, I will be running Tunnel Hill this year, which is a flat, multiple out and back in Indiana, Illinois. Pennsylvania. I don't know. It's one of those. It's a Midwestern state. I think it's Illinois. Okay, it's six hours away. Because they were talking about, when we went to Runwell to do the ultra running clinic, they were talking about Tunnel Hill as like, I won't say their local hundred, but one that a lot of them did around there. And that was in Illinois. Okay. Well, this is the record-breaking course for Camille, where uh, I think she had the overall record for fastest 24-hour trail race for men and women. Really? 
At that, maybe the course record? Overall course record? No. Didn't she break the record no. for men and women? No. Zach, Zach Bitter has the 100 mile record at like for 12 hours. trail? Oh, maybe. No, she, she has the record. Okay. Um, because it's unique and that it, it, uh, the USA Track and Field considers it a trail. Because Barely. Because technically is on like crushed gravel, yeah. crushed limestone. But it is completely flat and completely straight. Cool. And there's, I think there's two out and backs. You'll also be qualified for Western States. Yes, it is a Western States qualifier. For 2020. Yes. So it's a qualifier. Um, I know that there are unique problems with running flat and straight. So I'll be doing a lot of weird... Goodbye, tight buns. Beyonce uh, hip, yeah, yeah. hip flexing humps as I go. I would say... Um, I of actually, all the times I wish this was a live YouTube stream. <laughs> I actually talked to Rob Carroll about this, who talked to me about 24-hour racing, which is a similar format to a flat and straight race, I would say. Yeah. He said, um, every four minutes you should be planning a minute of walking, period. And I was like, oh, I've never heard that. And he said, I've finished plenty of 24-hour races and gotten 100 in with four-hour runs, one-minute walks. And I was like, that sounds like Four-minute four minute runs? One minute walks. Yeah. I said, that sounds like suicide. And he was like, you should seriously consider it. So I will be thinking about a run walk plan. I was going to do like every 50 minutes, do like stretching. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's my plan. I want to cool. know what your secret is. Oh, you're so adding a third race to the fall well, season. Here's the thing. Uh, AC was going to be my Western States qualifier. So you're still going to run another Western States qualifier? Are you going back to Penhody? This would be my fourth year... So, and so here, Lang, so just, here, just here, tell me, these are the things I haven't decided on anything, but I don't have a Western States qualifier this year. This is my, would be my fourth year. So there's a couple options. So one, there is a one time, once in a lifetime lottery buy that I can use that they just implemented. You can for pay for States. it. You what? Can pay for it. So essentially you, what do you say mean, lottery buy. Uh, so essentially you say I'm out for the lottery this year, but you can keep your ticket numbers rolling. Yeah. So I wouldn't have to have a Western States qualifier for this year, but I would also not get to run. I wouldn't be in the lottery, but I could say like, mm. "Hey, I'm not going to lose all the tickets Got that I've accumulated." So okay, that is literally like once a lifetime you get to do that. Got it. Those listening, I'm not like a super Western States of file. I just would like to run it and at some point in my life, and I feel like you have to keep your tickets running. Until you get in. Like, I feel like, I literally feel like this is, like, the five to ten year plan. If I ever want to run Western States, I need to continue accumulating my tickets. So, my options are, I could either use my once-a-lifetime lottery buy, or I could run Pinhoti. That was my first guess. Or Javelina. Which would be cool. That would be fun. It would potentially be another hot race, which I'm kind of like, is it, fuck! No, isn't Havelina uh, a Halloween weekend? Yeah, in Arizona, in the desert. Isn't it, doesn't it start at midnight? No, I mean, it's still going to go through part of the day. There are be- but doesn't it start at midnight? Midnight? I don't think so. Even if it has not- Is Havelina the one where people dress up at the start? Yes, okay, but yeah. it is it hot. It's midnight. It's a hot race. That sounds like a bad idea. Okay, uh-huh. but fun. Yeah. And? Uh... Or Rio del Lago, which is east of Sacramento. No. But the highest elevation it gets to is like 1,700 feet, and it has like 13,000 feet of gain. I need to read more about that to understand what the hell that is. <laughs> That's like here. I mean... I know, but is it also exposed and terribly hot anyway? I don't think so, because it's November 3rd. Uh, so it could be like super great. Could be 85 degrees, though. It could. So we'll see. 
I'm right now. I mean, but but these are my options. Like Pinhoti. Wait, wait, what weekend is Pinhoti? November third. I think that's the same weekend as Tunnel Hill. I don't think it is. I think Tunnel Hill might be a week later oh, because okay. Tunnel and I had looked at Tunnel Hill. So at first, when you said Tunnel Hill, I was like, "Yes, it's gonna be Tunnel Hill," and I was like, "Shit, it's Tunnel Hill!" Like the 2017 race for Tunnel Hill qualifies you for running Western 2019 because it's too late in the year. Yeah, so the, November 3rd is the last weekend God before it comes it. over. That's why I said you running Tunnel Hill this year qualifies you. Uh I for know. I understand. Man, that makes me want to do Penhody with you. <gasps> that sounds fun too. So I mean, it's all we do sounds together. It all sounds dumb. Oh, the reason why I wasn't doing Penhody is because it's my anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, it's I mean, I could he wouldn't care. He would let me celebrate it early if I needed to. I don't think he'd love it, but whatever. Why did I think your anniversary was slightly before Halloween? It, it is slightly. Oh, okay. It is, but that would be the weekend of the of my I anniversary. Gotcha. So, well, all right, listeners. Penhody or Tunnel Hill. I know. I, I don't care. I never care about Western States qualifiers because I don't even know if that's a race I ever really want to race. Well, you're going to be pacing me whether you like it or not when I get in, so... Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm okay with that. But we have to keep talking about this, so... Because uh, I can, like, feel you transitioning to something, and you can't you can't transition yet. Yeah, well, um, I got nothing to do. Uh, shit, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Other options? Oh, just thinking about, like, picking a race. So, BFC is coming up, then <sighs> I have bigs, and I feel like... And you're pro- I know you, you've been, like, the victim of this so many times. I don't feel like I can make a decision until I'm done with bigs because I don't want that hanging over me. Then I'm just going to pick my race. Yeah. You should. I know that there's something uniquely painful about Tunnel Hill that might be actually even less fun than doing something climby. Because climby, I'm used to at least. Like, I know what's coming at Penhody where it's like, okay, it's humid and there's lots of dark climbing. Got that. Know how to do that. Tunnel Hill, it might snow. Yeah. Um, and I'm not great at cold. Uh, I don't know why. I'm just not great at it. So. But it would be a f- it would be a fun different thing. Like so. I've it would be a, a fun different thing. I've done across the years, which is obviously a long term flat thing, and that's fun. It's like another category that you haven't done yet. Yeah. Yeah, but I also know that straight and flat makes my piriformis scream at me and I feel like it's possible that Tunnel Hill would be an injury in the making Mm. I mean I would train specifically for it but even training flat and straight hard that sounds like I I might I'm I'm gonna I actually have plantar fasciitis again for the first time in over a year so I think I've been running too much pavement yeah um but I don't and as Jen Shelton has told me uh plantar fasciitis is not an injury if you have it and you run with it and it does not affect your running performance, it's not an injury. It's just a thing that happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, PF is not, is not an injury. So yeah. I still consider myself not injured. All it really makes me do is uh, hobble to the bathroom like, a, like an old man. So I do. And it's funny you mentioned the training for Tunnel Hill because I thought about this after across the years is definitely considering what kind of training you're going to yeah. be doing for the event. Because with across the years, I was like, oh, yeah, I should be training on a bunch of flat stuff because I'm going to be doing Mm -hmm. the flat stuff. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, I was like, I'm glad to have done that, but I wasn't thinking about the fact that I wouldn't get to be doing 
the stuff that I really like, which is climbing, doing, like, nasty climbing, and yeah, the climbing doesn't bother me. And I think that was more evident as as we did Mohican Fifty this year, while people were like cursing while walking uphill, and it literally wasn't even something in like the first section, middle section, or back section of my brain that was like, "This is hard. I hate this." Mm-hmm. It was like, "Are there olives? It's kind of hot." what song should I sing next? Like, no no part of my, like, entire thought process was, like, I don't like climbing. Yeah. And I think that illuminated for me that that's a skill set for me because I'm just like, oh, this is just what I like to do. Yeah. That was a silver lining for me from AC also. One of the things I had as a goal for last year was not even to get better at climbing, but just to have a better relationship with climbing mm-hmm. because... Mm-hmm. I would get to a climb and be like, I hate this. I hate sure. this climb. I sure. don't like doing this. And I was like, you know, if I could just get myself to not hate it, even if I'm doing the exact same speed, if I could just become like at peace with climbing, mm-hmm. I will feel so much better. And uh, being at AC, even with having like a hard time with the elevation and stuff because of how high up the climbs were, it wasn't like, oh, we're going uphill again. I was like, actually saying to Andy, I was like, good we get to walk now yeah I really don't mind it uh, I think that I don't like it when it's like hot and exposed exposed is like the number one thing that gets me if it's exposed I'm I'm no longer I can no longer climb it just saps my will to enjoy anything yeah. although exposed and not hot would be fine it would I don't know I guess you're right I guess you're right but I don't know what race that is yeah so we have decisions to make yeah we have decisions for to our make. fall um, but I am glad that we found some time to, uh, get together and, uh, you know. Yeah. So if now I have two weeks in Oregon coming up where I get to do oh, lots yes. of, like, yes. uh, fun stuff. We'll have to figure out, uh, and we need to do this anyways, but you and I need to figure out how to do a podcast over the phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should um, because Annie's going to be out of commission for the next two weeks. Yeah. And then when we get back, I mean, we will be, what, two weeks out mm-hmm. from BFC? Mm-hmm. And it's funny, this next month is going to be hard training. Like, I don't know what your training schedule looks like. Mine looks hairy. Mine was blank, and it will be probably up tonight. So I, and I'm a little bit afraid that I should have called him first because I feel like I was going to ask for more hard. I'm sure more hard is coming. Yeah. But there's some part of me that feels like out of my total achievement readiness for BFC, I'm like, oh, I have a good base. But I feel like there's a large gap between me and the achievement level that I feel yeah. that is necessary pain. in order to achieve my goals this year. I will keep those goals secret from the world, but I will share them with Annie because I just don't want to disappoint my, my, my fans. Oh. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.